continue with our theme from the week before, the gift of life. I'm reading two scriptures to begin with, reading from Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Reading from Psalm 139. For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest part of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance, being yet unformed, and in your book they all were written. The days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we are grateful to you this morning. Thank you for your word. We pray that you will speak into our lives. Thank you for your word is established in heaven forever. Thank you, Lord. Father, we pray that our lives be built on the principles of your word. And we pray that we would align our lives to you and to your desires, Father. The world and its desires will ebb away. But he who does the will of God shall live forever is your word. And so be it, Father. Thank you, Lord. Every resistance to the preaching of God's word, we bind them in the name of Jesus. We pray that you would release grace, anointing in this place, that will make the proclamation of your word effective. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. Praise God. Please be seated. Thank you, Jesus. It was February of... 1984, and his magazine came up with this article, and it, talk, it said something like this. It was a professor in college. He was taking the topic ethics, and the professor posed a question like this, and he asked his class to debate and come with an answer. The statement was something like this, a man has syphilis and his wife has TB. They had four children, one died. The other three has what, have, what is considered to be terminal illness. The mother is pregnant again. What do you recommend? The class became alive and they got into a discussion and a debate. After the discussion and the debate, the majority of the class voted that the child should be aborted. Fine, said the professor. You have just got rid of Beethoven. Praise God. So something of this sort, if you look through history and through the scriptures, you can find people who have made decisions regarding the offsprings that they carry, has defined lives, has made destiny. Here goes some of the examples from real-time world and Bible. A preacher and his wife is living in extreme poverty. They have 14 children and she is pregnant again. If you aborted in this case, what would happen? You've just got rid of John Wesley. A 12-year-old girl is raped by a middle-aged man. If you aborted in this case, you eliminated Ethel Waters, the well-known gospel singer. An elderly couple, after waiting for a long, long time, finally their prayers are answered. But they have been told it's going to be a risky pregnancy. If they were to eliminate this pregnancy, 
they just got rid of John the Baptist. A teenage girl gets pregnant, not by our fiancé. He is very, very upset. Abortion, an option? Well, it's a question mark till they make a decision, right? But if they were to go through it, just got eliminated Jesus of Nazareth. Why do we post such statements on a Sunday morning in the church? We live in a world, we live in a, in a society and in a country where this is a very hot issue. Our young people are trying to make decisions concerning life. When does life begin? Praise the Lord. There are a lot of confusions and there are different ideas that are being injected into the lives of people all around. So as we live in a society, we ought to be aware of what does God's word say concerning life? When does life begin according to God's word? It's a very important thing that we understand this. As God's children, it is very crucial that we look at life and have an outlook that connects and aligns it to God's outlook. There is a worldly outlook and there is a godly outlook. The worldly outlook is based on the worldly systems, which the Bible says is an ungodly system. What is the difference between an ungodly system and a godly system? Ungodly system simply means unlike God. Godly means like God. Praise God. So as God's children, we ought to define life and issues of life based on what God says concerning those issues. Some issues of life are very clear. It's black and white. Some might not be very clear. All of us go through different situations in our lives. We can go through different dilemmas in our lives. When that does happen, we have to look at God's word, align ourselves to God's word, and build our life on God's word. We as God's children, we cannot let the world dictate what and how we ought to live. Praise the Lord. The children of God ought to let God's word dictate how we ought to live. There is a worldly system and there is a word system. The worldly system is diabolically opposed to the word system. The word system being God's word. Praise the Lord. God's word, as the Bible says, it is established in heaven forever. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will not, said Jesus. So it says it is established in heaven means it transcends all cultures. It transcends all fashions, fads, and the system that is prevalent in any time of, of the world. Praise the Lord. So we ought to align ourselves with the word of God. Praise God. Amen. We ought to come to conclusion that God is love. That God loves us. Praise God. Hallelujah. How do we come to the conclusion? Simply because the Bible says God is love. Praise the Lord. And the love of God is the purest form of love. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God's love for us is a sacrificial kind of love. We also love God and we love each other. But our love is most often responsive kind of love. The Bible puts it like this. We love him because he first 
loved us. We are simply responding to his love. But his love, unlike our love, is an agape kind of love. For God demonstrates his own love towards us in this, that while we were yet sinners, one version says, while we were yet ungodly, meaning unlike God, meaning there was nothing in us that is worthy to be loved, yet God loved us. How did he love us? By giving himself up, giving his life for us. Praise the Lord. So we start with the premise that God is love. Praise God. Out of a heart that overflows with love. Love, not simply words, but expressed and exhibited on the cross of Calvary. Praise the Lord. Quite often we talk about cross, 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 death on the cross, and we tend to overlook something. That the death of Jesus is not just a death of just like anyone else. Because Jesus is the source of life. Praise the Lord. Jesus is the embodiment of life. Jesus said, I am the life. Praise the Lord. So the embodiment of life, the source of life, the giver of life, gave up his life for us on the cross so that we may have life eternal and life abundance. So why do we say this? God loves us so much that he gave himself up for us. Praise the Lord. The Bible says everything pertaining to life and godliness. Praise the Lord. He's the one who supplies. So God wants us to know that he loves us and everything that he does and everything that he says and everything that he commands is for our well-being. Praise the Lord. Can we say amen to that? Praise the Lord. Even when it is convenient and inconvenient. Even when we feel comfortable and uncomfortable. Even when it startles us and at time disturbs us. Praise the Lord. If his word says something, the best thing to do is align ourselves to his word because it is for our well-being. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We have to come to grips with the fact. Praise the Lord. Even with things that we don't completely agree. That God is all wise. And in his wisdom, he wants his very best for us. And that's proven when he gave himself up on the cross of Calvary. So we start with the premise that God loves us unconditionally and everything that he does and everything that he commands is out of a heart that is full of love. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So our prayer should be, Lord, help me to respond to you. Praise the Lord. In a manner that will glorify you. Praise the Lord. So, let's begin. You know, there is a lot of talk and debate that is going on. And we know the ruling from the Supreme Court. And before that, where the churches stood. And, you know, so many other things going on. With the ruling of Supreme Court, the rights have been given to the states. Praise the Lord. But, I want us to come to the word of God. Praise the Lord. Regardless of what the Supreme Court says or what the state law says, we want to build our life based on what God's word says. Praise the Lord. As children of God, our lives ought to be governed and directed by the word of God. Praise the Lord. We said last week, week before, that life is sacred. It is a gift from God. 
Praise the Lord. God is the source of life. God is the author of life. Praise the Lord. As we look into Genesis, we read like this. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Praise the Lord. God created man and woman, male and female. He created them in his own image, in his likeness. Praise the Lord. First of all, man and woman, praise the Lord. They are of equal worth in the sight of God. Praise the Lord. Man is not superior than the woman. Woman is not superior than man. Neither are any one of them inferior to each other. We are equal in the sight of God. This is very important that we understand. At the same time, we also need to understand the creator God has created man and woman in a very unique way. Praise the Lord. We are equal, yet we have different roles to fulfill as God the creator has mandated. When we understand that we are created equal, we are able to respect each other, honor each other, and treat each other with dignity. When we understand that we have different roles as God has created, and when we remain in that role that God has created, we function well. We function to our optimum as God has made us. Praise the Lord. And we are effective to the maximum when we fulfill the roles that God has given us. We have to understand. As mankind, it is the gift that God has given that we can procreate. Praise the Lord. Number one, God is the author of life. God is the source of life. He is the one who created mankind. How he created, it's written in Genesis. You can go and read it again. I'm sure you have read it. Praise the Lord. So as a gift to mankind, God gave them the ability to procreate. Praise the Lord. The wonderful ability to participate in creation along with the author of life. So, when God created man and woman in the Garden of Eden, he created them with the ability to reproduce. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The Bible says he blessed them and said what? Multiply and be fruitful. Praise the Lord. So, within the make of man, God, who is the author of life, gave them the gift of procreation. Praise the Lord. The ability from God to procreate ought to be cherished and it ought to be treasured. Praise the Lord. It's a noble task and a sacred gift that God has given all of mankind. Praise the Lord. But here... We ought to pause for a second and as children of God, we have to say amen to this. As God planned in the beginning, every pregnancy should be the result of expression of love and intimacy between a husband and a wife within the bounds and boundary of marriage. The church said, Amen. Praise the Lord. This is how God in the beginning, praise the Lord, when he put Adam and Eve together, praise the Lord. I want to say it in a very allegorical way. When God, praise the Lord, when Eve took hold of the hand of God and they both walked 
down the aisle and God presented Eve to Adam. Praise the Lord. As a gift. Praise the Lord. God ordained something. Praise the Lord. There, right there, within the bounds of them being coming together as husband and wife. Praise the Lord. They God sanctioned, praise the ability and blessed them, saying that you should be you should multiply and be fruitful. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The command to be fruitful and multiply ought to be celebrated. And the fruit of the womb from its very conception ought to be cared for, cherished, and nurtured. Praise the Lord. We cannot overlook this. Praise the Lord. Life is a gift from God. Amen. You and I are a gift from God. Praise the Lord. God creates us with that ability to procreate. And just as much as our lives are sacred, we also ought to come to the grips that God has made us stewards of life. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Our own life and the offsprings that God gives us. Praise the Lord. So it's very important that we arm ourselves with a godly perspective and a godly outlook to life. Praise the Lord. Meaning, every decisions that we make ought to align ourselves with the word of God. Praise the Lord. This is very important, that we ought to align ourselves with the word of God. By default, we are exposed to the worldly system. By default, we are exposed to the worldly system. But if we are to be exposed to the godly system, there is no default there. It has to be intentional. Praise the Lord. To be exposed to the godly system is a willful, voluntary, intended, committed, dedicated, devoted decision we have to make for ourselves and for our children. Praise the Lord. When God entrusts us with our children, it becomes our parental responsibility to nurture them in the things of God's word, including, praise God, our including what and how we govern our lives from the from the outlook of God's word. Praise the Lord. God's word ought to set our bounds and our boundaries, our perimeters and our parameters. Praise the Lord. Regardless of how simple or complex the issues of life be. What does God's word say about this matter ought to be the guiding principles of our lives. When we allow God's word to govern our lives, it enables us to avoid the pitfalls and traps of the enemy. Last week, the week before, we did look from Jeremiah where God tells him, listen, I formed you. Praise the Lord. I made you. I called you. I set you apart. I appointed you. Praise the Lord. When we look into God's word, we also reminded how Paul takes us all the way back. And he says, you and I are chosen in Christ Jesus before the foundations of the world. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So as far as God is concerned, you and I are not an accident. You and I are not just a number in a system. You and I are not just simply a social security number, a number ID given to us. 
but God looks at us as unique creation of God. Praise the Lord. With a unique identity, with a unique destiny, with a unique plan and purpose from God. Sent to this earth to fulfill his divine will concerning our lives. Praise the Lord. But then there are so many things that we don't understand. We live in a tangible world where the intangible is quite hard to understand. We live in a material world and with a worldly perspective, we are not able to understand or discern the spiritual world around us. Living in a material world with tangible things around us, we want to touch, we want to feel, we want to make decisions based on what we see, what we understand. But we also ought to orient ourselves to the principles of scriptures so that we can align ourselves with the desires and the will of God. Talking about this, we need to understand, as the scripture says, before I formed you in your mother's womb. Praise the Lord. So, God considers, God considers the unborn child as a person. We understand that from the scripture. Praise the Lord. See, God's knowledge about a person is way before they are conceived. Praise the Lord. To us, when a baby is born, we give them a name, we love them, we nurture them, we raise them up in the fear of God. Before that, the mother carries that baby in her womb for nine months and she is very careful. She takes care of the, 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 the gift that God has given her within her womb. But look at God's word as the psalmist puts it in Psalm 139. And I'm going to quote a few verses from the scripture. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And in your book they were all written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. So God's word says, as the psalmist puts it, God saw our what? saw my substance, praise the Lord, being yet unformed, praise the Lord. As we understand from the scripture, life, praise the Lord, in this world begins with conception, praise the Lord, hallelujah. That's how God's word puts it, the, God saw my substance, being yet unformed. Formed. Praise the Lord. We live in a world that's full of information and we have enough information about birth and the process. Therefore, I'm not going into that aspect of it. But look what God's word says. God's word says, God recognizes, acknowledges the person even in his unformed state. As the Bible puts its substance in mother's womb. And look how God plans for. Even before one day came to be, he has planned everything for me. Jeremiah the prophet was already chosen before his birth. We read that in Jeremiah chapter 1. When you read what Paul says concerning him, he says in Galatians 1.15 that he was chosen in, from his mother's womb. Praise the Lord. So we ought to come to the grips that God acknowledges an unborn as a person even from its conception. Praise the Lord. Even in an unformed state in the mother's womb acknowledges that as a person. And plans for that person. Praise the Lord. Look about what it says about the Baptist. He was filled with the spirit 
when he was in his mother's womb. When Mary and Elizabeth comes together, praise the Lord, the baby leaps in the mother's womb. Praise the Lord. Of Jesus, this is how the angel Gabriel puts this. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. Luke chapter 1, verse 35. In this incarnation, Jesus himself experienced the incubation period and was recognized as Messiah, Son of God, soon after his conception. Luke chapter 1, we can read this. Interesting, ain't that, that the word of God attributes to the unborn child joy. The baby leaped with joy. The unborn baby within the womb leaped with joy. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And it's, it's so clear. Praise the Lord. Interesting, isn't it, that even rivalry between two siblings are mentioned and recorded even when they are within the womb. Praise the Lord. I know that you understand the reference that I am making to. Praise the Lord. So God sees the unborn child as a person. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Regardless of what we call an embryo, a fetus, a human being, there is different stages we understand. Infant, hmm, child, and all the different stages. But God sees an unborn child as a person even in its unformed state. Praise the Lord. Look how the psalmist puts it. For thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I was fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret, and curiously wrought in the lowest part of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect, and in thy book all my members were written. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Fearfully and wonderfully are we made in our mother's womb. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Look, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee and I ordained thee as a prophet to talking to Jeremiah. Praise the Lord. So I want to draw your attention. From Paul's writing to Ephesians, God has chosen us in Christ Jesus before the foundations of the world. Praise the Lord. Even our unformed bodies and substance, God knows recognizes and acknowledges as a person. Praise the Lord. So, check the biblical revelation concerning the progression of life. Praise the Lord. From the conception to a full-grown fetus, from fetus to a newborn baby, God considers us alive and a person, and he already knows that person by name at times and purpose. Praise the Lord. There are interesting words in the Bible which baffles us. I, I know that I have preached this particular words in regards to the topic of tithing. Hebrews 7, 5 and Hebrews 7, 9 and 10. Interesting words. This is in, in the context of tithing we talk. But it is good for us to know because there is a connection to what we are talking about. The writer of Hebrews is talking about Levi. He's talking about tithing and he's talking about Abraham and Levi. You know Abraham's son, Isaac. Isaac's son. Isaac's son who? 
Who? Esau and Jacob. Jacob's son. How many kids? Thirteen. Levi, one of them. So talking about tithing, giving, the writer of Hebrews says, Levi, who is receiving tithe, was in Abraham's loins as Abraham gave to Melchizedek. Praise the Lord. I want to read that verse so that we will also be refreshed. And merely they that are of the sons of Levi, who receive the office of the priesthood, have a commandment to take tithes of the people according to the law, that is, of their brethren, though they come out of the loins of Abraham. Hebrews 7, 5. Hebrews 7, 9 and 10. And as I may so say, Levi also, which received tithes, paid tithes in Abraham. For he was yet in the loins of his father when Melchizedek met him. Praise the Lord. So going back, how many generations? When God sees, praise the Lord, Levi in the loins of Abraham. Praise the Lord. We have to understand that none of us are here by accident. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Whether the parents planned or it was an unplanned pregnancy. Praise the Lord. Last week before, I reminded God is sovereign and God closes and opens wombs. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So even if somebody were to say or to think it's an unplanned pregnancy, praise the Lord. God is the one who opens and closes wombs. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. So we have to understand as God's children, none of us are here by accident. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Can we come to the grips and understanding that in God's sight, we are destined as a person even before our parents came together? Praise the Lord. God has destined us as a person. Now, we live in a world where we hear a lot of things. This is my life, my body, my choice. My life, my body, my choice. Is that true? Yes, it's true. It's your life, it's your body, it's your choice. Praise the Lord. Now, my life, our life is a gift from God. God is, God wants us to be good stewards. God wants us to nurture and take care of our lives. Praise the Lord. Look, what the Bible says, the Bible teaches us that God is the author of life. And this gift of life has been given to us so that we may not squander it, but we optimize the gift of life that God has given. Do you have any doubts concerning God, the author of life, and the owner of everything? The Bible says, the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. So if you live on this planet earth, the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof belongs to God exclusively. Praise the Lord. God has a double claim on us, on humans. Number one, as our creator. God is our creator. We are not an accident. We are not a result of evolution. Praise the Lord. God is our creator. We believe that and we, praise the Lord, acknowledge that. Number one, he as our creator, he has exclusive ownership upon our lives. Number two, him as our redeemer. Praise the Lord. God has not only created us, he has redeemed us. How did he redeem us? He redeemed us by giving his precious blood. 
praise the Lord. We've been redeemed not by corruptible things like silver or gold, but we've been redeemed by the precious, praise the Lord, sinless blood of Jesus. Quite often, when we say we are redeemed by the blood of Jesus, we overlook one fact. The Bible says it's in the blood that there is life. Praise the Lord. So when Jesus shed his blood on the cross of Calvary, he gave his life so that we can have life. Praise the Lord. And that means there is a hefty price that has been paid so that we can have life. And God wants us to have an experience, eternal life, and abundance of life that only Jesus can offer. Praise the Lord. Quite often we are not able to tap into the abundance of life that Jesus wants to give. We quite often live under the privilege of what has been given. When he's calling us out to come and experience the overflowing of life, the abundance of life, how often we stoop down and think about taking life. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. At times people think since we are using the scriptures, that what the Bible talks about, I formed you, I made you, I called you, I chose you. All these things about spiritual elites that are written in the scripture. Praise the Lord. Yes, they are about spiritual elites that are written in the scripture because God is shedding light into the plan of redemption and the purpose. But overall, we can understand that human beings, we as God's creation, praise the Lord, God has ordained us, praise the Lord, he has formed us, he has created us, and his fingerprints are all over us. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Is this what we are talking? Is this just, just confined to believers? No, it's confined to all. It is, it is inclusive of all of Mankind. Praise the Lord. Praise God. So, coming to the scriptures, you know, we live in a fallen world with sin and its consequences. Praise the Lord. Sin has taken a toll on mankind. Sin has brought in sickness, pain, misery, curse to this, to this earth that God created. Praise the Lord. The utopian setup, the perfect setup that God had was tainted by the arrival of sin and disobedience by mankind. That's where the redemption aspect comes. Praise the Lord. The redemption aspect comes, praise the Lord, and God gives us a second chance. God is a God of Second chance. We as human beings, we make mistakes. There are errors in our life. There is an old proverb that goes like this. To be perfect is to be divine and to err is to be human. As human beings, there are flaws, falls, praise the Lord, sin and, and mistakes in our lives. And mistakes and sins, they come with consequences. At times, it is very painful. But God is a redeemer who can redeem us, give us a second chance in our life. Our God is a God of second chance. So when faced with choices that we have to make, how we make our choices are very, very important. Praise the Lord. As a pastor, I deal with a lot of, lot of issues and I interact with people who come to me with various questions. You know, my life, my body, my choice. Life is yours, but it is a gift from God and God wants you to be a good steward. Praise the Lord. My body, praise the Lord. Body is yours, 
your body is also as the scripture says. Praise the Lord, Paul writing to Corinthians says, We've been bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your bodies. Praise the Lord. So there ought not to be anything even in our bodies that will not glorify God. Praise the Lord. We, God has made us good stewards. We have the right, praise the Lord, to do right according to the scriptures. Your choice? Yes, your choice. But God says, I place before you choice, life and death. Choose what? Choose what? Life. The Bible says, choose life. And that ought to be our choice every time. Now, living in a sinful world, praise the Lord, there are effects of sins. There are consequences of sin. There are rare occasions where we know, praise the Lord, where when the life and death situations come, people have to make life decisions. Praise the Lord. When people come to that, come to that, that part of their life, we as, as bystanders, we as people who stand and look at someone going through such, such predicaments, we have to come to an understanding that the Bible would allow exceptions, but exceptions are not thumb rule. Quite often, people look at exceptions and they want to make that the thumb rule. Exceptions are not thumb rules. Praise the Lord. We have to know the difference between exceptions and thumb rule. I will share two incidents that I had to face. It was in the middle of a night that I got a call from parents asking me to come and visit them. Middle of the night. So I responded. When I responded, it was parents who were going through a very painful situations in their life. They found out that their daughter was, was carrying a baby which was out of wedlock. So we know that our culture is a culture of shame. And quite often we are caught between the culture of shame and a shameless culture. Believers are caught between two, between culture of shame and a shameless culture. We ought to be people who, not, who should not fall for either one of them. We cannot, be, we cannot be caught in the culture of shame, meaning something happened, a wrong happened, a mistake happened, an error happened. We cannot brand them for the rest of their lives. Praise the Lord. Because our God is a God of redemption and our God is a God of second chance. Praise the Lord. Number one, as children of God, we have to be careful that we build our life on the principles of God's word. Praise the Lord. That means allow God's word to govern our personal life, every aspect of our lives, including intimacy. Praise the Lord. The Bible has laid clear boundaries as to who, when, how one can get intimate with, their, with the opposite sex. Praise the Lord. Sexual intimacy is only allowed by God within the bounds of marriage. And everybody said, Amen. Praise the Lord. God puts boundaries for these, this, the, the relationship not to deprive us of our joy, but to protect us and our well-being. Praise the Lord. Cohabitation is sin according to the word of God. 
Praise the Lord. God wants us to enter into a covenant relationship. Within the covenant relationship, you can have intimacy as God has ordained. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That is something that we have to come to grips and pass it down to our children. Number one. Praise the Lord. Number two. If there is error and mistakes... We have to learn to redeem every situation. Praise the Lord. Meaning, if somebody falls in sin, praise the Lord. The Bible has given clear instruction as to how it, had to, it ought to be handled. We don't condone sin. At the same time, we, can, we, don't, we correct the person and direct that person in the, in the ways of God. So the call that I received, it was parents who were troubled. So they were going through a very roller coaster experience. And they, they, they thought the best solution at that time to save face was to get rid of this, the, the pregnancy. So I, as a pastor, sat down with the parents. I had a long talk. And one thing that I said was, Two mistakes don't make one right. Two wrongs don't make one right. Because there is sin by aborting the child, you are not doing that which is right. One error, now it's going to be two errors. So I counsel them saying, no, that's not the way to do it. Confess. I met up with the person, told the person, Number one, confess that you have got into sin. Repent of your sin and then build your life from there. Fourteen years later, I look at the girl whenever I meet her. And I thank God that those parents decided to keep that baby. If the coming of the Lord tarries, she will be a cause of pride not only to the parents, but even to the community and who knows, even to this nation. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We have to redeem every situation according to the principles of God's word. Another situation that I faced was when parents, they had a pregnancy and they were moving up in age. You know, the more older you are, the pregnancy becomes riskier. Praise the Lord. They wanted to get rid of the baby. Came up to me and said, Pastor, the physician says, get rid of it because this is going to be a risky pregnancy. Praise the Lord. I prayed. I connected them with people who prayed. Finally, they decided they're going to keep the baby. Every time I see the child, and the promises that the child holds, my heart leaps with joy because the parents made the right decision. It's not an easy decision. Why am I saying? We as a church, we as a community, we need to know that all of us, none of us are perfect. None of us are perfect. There are imperfections in us. But the degree of imperfections are different. We as a church, we want to abide by the principles of God's word. And at times, as those who have been entrusted with the trust, we might come down hard. Praise the Lord. Because we want to save you. Praise the Lord. But deep down, we are compassionate. And when we realize that it is a situation that only grace can redeem. Grace is extended. But as Paul says, grace can, should not ever be taken as a permit and as a license to sin. Praise the Lord. John puts it like this. My children, I write to you so that you might not sin. Praise the Lord. That's number one. 
we write, we preach, we exhort, we counsel that you might not sin. But if there is an error, if there is a flaw, if there is a fall, we have a compassionate advocate with the Father who intercedes on our behalf. Praise the Lord. So don't see the first step and pass judgment. We are called to stand firm on the principles of God's word. Praise the Lord. At the same time, we believe in redemption, redeeming every possible situation for the glory of God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I don't know how many of you remember the one, I believe it was only one, vice presidential debate between Mike Pence and do you know who was the other person? Anybody remember? Who? Who? Speak loud. Speak loud. Tim Kaine, thank you. I don't know how many of you guys remember. One thing stuck with me. The issue was about abortion. And I want to tell you how Mike Pence responded. I am in no way uh, trying to highlight or promote Mike Pence, but I just want to quote what he said. With the issue of Planned Parenthood and, and abortion, this is how Mike Pence put it. When the choice before us, when you are pushed with abortion, why don't you consider adoption? If it's an unwanted pregnancy and you want to give the baby away, get rid of the baby, why don't you consider adoption? There are so many couples crying for a child. But between 1970s and today, 70, around 70 million babies, unborns were aborted in this country. Praise God. Think about it. Every one of them are precious in the sight of God. Every one of them. Praise God. If we cannot, praise the Lord, why not consider to give it up for adoption? Praise the Lord. Isn't that a nobler thought and a noble action? Praise God. Having said all these things, folks, I want to conclude this part by saying, life is a gift from God. Life is sacred. Life is also a stewardship. God has made us stewards of everything that we have, including our life and the life that God has entrusted us with. Starting from conception to all the way raising, up, raising them up in the fear of the Lord. But before conception, the choices that you make, praise the Lord, are very, very important. Young men, young ladies who are listening to me, I want to draw your attention. Build your life on the principles of God's word. Purity is very important to God. Don't compromise on purity. Don't go according to the cultures of the world. We talked about the shame culture and the shameless culture. You should not fall in the shame culture. Neither should you fall in the shameless culture. Do you know where do you belong? You belong in a God-honoring culture. Praise the Lord. If we have to become people who belong to a God-honoring culture, we ought to be people who become people of God's word. Familiarize yourself with the scripture. Build yourself on the foundation of God's word. Save your purity and virginity for that one exclusive person that God will bring into your life. Praise the Lord. Don't peddle your bodies for the world. 
keep yourself pure and holy for your life partner and for the cause of Jesus Christ. This is very important. I know I, must, I might have ruffled some of your feathers. It's only because I stand here as a representative of God who is love. Praise the Lord. God loves us. And as the rep of God's love, I have to tell you what the scripture says. I am available. If anyone has questions, you can come and talk to me. I will not get upset because you differ with me. I pray that I myself and the ministerial team here would be able to draw you into the principles of God's word so that Together, we can grow and glow for the glory of God. Praise God. God is a God of redemption. If we have made wrong choices in life, when we come to Jesus, when we repent and we say, Lord, what I have done is wrong, God will forgive you and he will give you a new start. None ought to live with the pain of wrong choices if you come to him and settle the matter at the foot of the cross. Praise God. Hallelujah. God is a merciful God who gives you a second chance. Shall we rise up before the Lord as we are going to pray? A moment Look at your life, the events of your life, the episodes of your life. We went from one end to the other. Is there any part of this message that is touching you? Is there anything that you need to come to the throne of grace and settle with God? This is the time for you to do it. Strictly between you and him. Talk to him. Talk to him. Tell him as it is. I tried to be as raw and dignified as I could. I don't know what you have gone through. Whatever you have gone through. God can bring healing to you. Through repentance through forgiveness, through the blood of Jesus. You don't ought to torment yourself because of wrong choices in life. Today, by making the right choice, that is, coming to Jesus and asking him to give you a new lease to life, you can override the errors of life as God redeems you. Perhaps you are in a place where you talk to people, counsel people, teach people. What do you teach? Do you teach what the scripture says? Or do you teach what you feel like? Would you make a commitment, Lord? Help me to align my outlook, my principles on the principles of God's word. Praise God. Young man, young lady who's listening to me this morning. Would you make a commitment today that you will keep uphold your purity? That you would not fall for the shameless culture or the culture of shame. But make a decision this morning. Lord, I will fall in that place of a God-honoring culture. Everything that I do, I want to honor you. With my body, with my personal life, with my thought life, with everything that I do, I want to honor you. Would you make that decision? And if you have erred in that way, this is the time to make the right choice. Come to Jesus. Take off the facade. Take of the mask.
allow Jesus to do a deeper, wider work in you. We're going to sing a song as we sing that song. I want you to have a very exclusive moment with the Lord. Not a long song, one or two, two stanzas. Because it's too important for us to just simply pass by. This is a moment where the Holy Spirit is speaking. You allow the Lord to work into your life. Go ahead.